This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You guys, Sean Ross at managing editor, fightfulwrestling.com, fightful.com. Hey, scoot on over to FightfulMMA.com this weekend. One of the biggest fights of the year, probably the biggest fight of the year. Mazadal versus Diaz for the BMF Championship. The Rock will be in attendance to crown that champion or crown that title holder. Maybe a one-off in Madison Square Garden. I'll have a preview up on Fightful.com and FightfulMMA.com on Tuesday and a post-show review that night. We're going to have tons of coverage. We're going to have thousands of comments in our live discussion. So make sure you guys check that out. But we're here on August or October 28th, 2019 to talk WWE Raw. We have Denise Salcedo with us. Denise, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be back on this week. You know, I miss the show when I'm not on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we've missed you, of course. Uh, of course, people are still seeing your face as we roll out some of those interviews on Fightful.com, we have one with Scott Demore dropping ahead of the access, uh, the new access debut, uh, so to speak. They've done like some specials, but uh, you guys will see a couple more of her interviews. And of course, anytime there's something we're uh, talking about in the LA area, Denise is all over that. So check out InstinctCulture.com as well. But leave a thumbs up on this video. Make sure you guys subscribe. It goes a long way. It helps us out. So uh, I want to thank you guys for that. Check out FightfulSelect.com, our premium service. I'll tell you more about that later. But WWE Raw tonight, it seems to me, Denise, like Raw and SmackDown kind of switched approaches in the re- in recent months. We have some of the, the more, I don't want to say Raw talent, some of the more underutilized talent trying to find their footing on Raw. This is a more wrestling-centered show, I say, as we watch that main event segment. But... There's there's a whole lot of in-ring action here. What do you think about the pivot, or do you think there has been one? You know, I'm glad that you brought that up because I noticed it last week where I think I even mentioned it on the show where I thought to myself, man, they had a lot of really good matches on Raw today. And then today, I think that what they had at least like three, three really good matches on the show today. And I like the fact that they were highlighting a lot of the younger talent, including Umberto, who I'll talk more about once we get to him. But it's pretty cool to sort of see that. And it's funny because I was watching SmackDown, Smackdown you know, uh, this Friday, I'm like, what day are we on? On Friday. And, you know, it was very interesting to me because I did sort of see that difference, but I didn't actually think about it until you said it right now. And I'm like, you know what? SmackDown used to be the brand where you kind of saw more of like, okay, we're just going to watch some straight shooting, you know, some wrestling right now and, you know, see some some different stuff highlighted than we would see on Raw. But I think we are seeing that a little bit more on Raw now. Yeah, I agree, and uh, we have some Super Chats, by the way, guys. If you all are watching live at YouTube.com slash Fightful, donate a Super Chat. Any amount will read your statement or your question on the air. Hannah Moore says, I'm still not sure what Lana was complaining about. Now, I can't really speak to the handsomeness of Handsome Rusev. Do you think that Lana has a real complaint here? Lana has had a real complaint. I said this last week, too. I said when last week, I think the reasoning was that Rusev sends way too much money to his family. I would be a little upset about that, too. You know, different things that they were saying on the show. And then this week when she said, oh, he just wants to be, like, doing it with me all the time. No woman likes that. Well, at least not the ones I know. I don't know. I'm I'm not going to speak for every girl here. But, you know, nobody wants it every two seconds everywhere. sounds, Sounds like your friend need some boyfriends that use blue chew by, by okay. the sounds of it <laughs> and then you know the whole baby thing all right again i know you don't like babies but you know for other people it's like maybe different reasons like oh career reasons or whatever reasons it may be so i felt that lana was justified in this you know maybe not the ending though where she yeah. said the part about him cheating on her because why would she listen to bobby lashley that part didn't make sense i'll cut a promo on babies later we'll get there best believe it Gio Rio says it feels as if Vince and Paul can't agree on who gets the rub in Lana's segment. I kind of thought everybody got over a little bit more in that segment. We'll we'll talk about it more, but I 
I'll put it like this, Denise. In 10, 20 years, if me and you are doing a retro review of this Raw, we'll at least be able to laugh about that segment. Oh, my God. I don't feel like Bobby Lashley got anything out of that segment. I thought that was all Lana and Rusev. He's getting a little something out of that segment. Did you see the end? Well, yeah, but I just still kind of felt like it was more. Well, I guess, yeah, I see what you mean. But I just feel like he's just there, you know? Joseph Farley says, I wanted the Falls Count Anywhere match to end up at the Arch. I want it to end up anywhere outside the arena. I'm Like, I, I love them going into different parts of the arena, but I did want to see it outside the arena. But let's, let's go ahead and talk about uh, this opening segment. Paige comes back, and as she says, without fervor ado, brings out the Kabuki Warriors. Now, she had said on WWE Backstage a couple weeks ago, she's ready to manage them. And boy, when I put that out there on Twitter that she said that, like, universally, everybody was like, no, no, no. This is an act, a rare act in WWE that is getting over more because they're cutting promos in a different language than they were with the manager being their mouthpiece. Kyrie and Asuka are so just natural and good at what they're doing right now. They haven't needed her. But what did you think when Paige came out? Well, first of all, I did notice that right away, the fur or whatever she said, it was hilarious. I was like, what, Paige? Um, but when she came out, first of all, I will say she got a really nice reception from the crowd when she came out. Like, it was one of the things I noticed right off the bat, so good for her. Um, in terms of, I just feel like the Kabuki Warriors, it's funny because everyone sees them, as, you know, as this, like, very wholesome. They could be, like, such natural baby faces. But you know what? They are taking what they are being given right now, you know, and they're really making it work. And I kind of like the fact that they're, you know, the fans are saying, like, we want them. We prefer them cutting these promos in their own language and us not understanding than having what we've seen so many times and so many different variations of having a manager, you know, speak on their behalf so I do think that because this is more we don't see this very often I think that that's why the fans are you know responding to that a lot more and it's funny because even though we would like to see them as baby faces I just feel like they're really doing their job they're doing they're doing their heel roles right now justice and they'll be on NXT this Wednesday facing team kick Dakota Kai Tegan Knox, who earned a an NXT tag team or a, a women's tag team championship match so I'm excited for that as well. So the Kabuki Warriors take the mic from Paige, and they do it in, in they do it in a in a way that just transcends language. You didn't have any; there was no mistaking what they were doing. They were being asses to Paige. Then they sp uh, spit the green mist into her face. I love this. It got the mist over, and it was a good way to eliminate Paige without her having to make contact because she's not able to make contact. I thought that was excellent. She does not need to be with them. Uh, I think that Fire and Desire would be a good matchup for her. I mean, they've got the history. Just doing something else. I'd like to hear her on commentary. I'd like to hear her try a lot of different things. I thought she was great as the GM or, or the commissioner or whatever the hell they had at that, that time. I th She's been excellent in any number of roles. She was good as a Tough Enough host, even, or a judge on Tough Enough. She's really good at a lot of things, but the managing thing just... It, it didn't click for me. What do you think about them kicking Paige to the curb? You know, I think you can say that maybe it sort of felt forced, like they were trying to find a spot for her, you know, with her managing. Um, I liked it because I liked the, how the crowd reacted to it. They reacted to it like it was a big deal. And so I liked that aspect of it because even though I was kind of like, okay, I don't, re I don't really care. But the fact that the audience cared, it made me kind of sort of take a second look at that. Well, Becky Lynch comes out and saves Paige and has a match with Kyrie saying, Dio Madden explained the history of the Mist, which I liked. This match was so good. They've been starting off Raw with some bangers. Like, Becky has to constantly battle both Kyrie and Asuka, and I love that Asuka's attempts to distract Becky weren't fruitful because Becky being a dumb baby face is not how you keep her over. She's got to be street smart. She's got to be wise to this stuff. This was a good, gritty match. Becky Matrix is out of a pin. My only <clears throat> qualm with the match is some angles on Becky's kicks don't do them justice. Well, I mean, not that they don't do them justice. They're not great kicks, like the the one-legged drop kick and the one in the, the corner. But other than that, man, everything in this match was good besides Jerry Lawler making that goddamn ginger snaps joke. 
<laughs> I'm so over that. But Kyrie DDT'd out of a suplex, so cool. Uh, her anchor submission is just awesome looking. Uh, later on, she cracked Lynch with that spinning back fist, and Lynch just sold it dead. That is the best way to sell that. You just fall straight back. Lynch ends up tapping out Kyrie, saying, there's, there's a lot of inference here, Denise. Asuka is the woman who has Becky's number. She is Becky's kryptonite. You see her looking on. You're starting to see elements of the Asuka that got recruited by WWE with some of the paint and all that. What did you think of this match and and the kind of, the, I don't know if it was subtle, but stare down afterwards? Well, I think the thing that I personally enjoyed about this match was the aggression. Everything that was done inside the ring was done with this, like, force. Like, I, you know, like the Tessa Blanchard force, you know, so where she just comes at you and she's like, oh, you know, she has this, like, this inane aggression. And that's what I saw from both women in this match. And for me, that's what kind of helps me really get into something when you sort of see that force with everything that they do. And then I'm just happy that, you know what, with Asuka, you know, having that, you know, because with her, she came into the main roster with so much hype, and then it just kind of just all went completely downhill from there. But she still has always continued to have the fans' respect with whatever it is that she does. And I feel that because of that, you know, you can still see her, obviously, as a legitimate opponent for Becky. And so I think the fans would really want to see that because they they know what she can do. They have the respect for Asuka. And, you know... Becky's hot as it is and I think people just want to keep Becky hot and they want to keep her with a hot contender they want to see her with someone like Asuka you know so they you know they want to see the continuation of you know the hype and all of that so you're continuing on with somebody else doing something something fresh and new you know and I mean that's a tall task when you have someone who was or still is as hot as Becky Lynch is but keeping them there and keeping them over because a lot of people it's like okay whose moment is it next whose moment is it next like that and I mean Becky is she'll hit her 200th day as champion I don't know when she'll defend it but she is one month away a little bit over a month away from being the longest reigning Raw Women's Champion ever she'll pass Alexa within a month and then at the end of that month we'll hit Ronda Rousey and I'm sure they want to get her there because she had that outstanding moment and she earned it. I thought this was just a, a lot of fun and a good match. And I can't wait for Oscar versus Becky. Becky will get her win back, I'm sure. But why not set it up? It makes sense. I like it. And I love that. I love long title reigns. I really, really hate short, fast title reigns. I hate it because to me, it just really, really just makes it more important. And you really feel it can build up more people, you know, as it keeps going. And I just feel like I just want to see, you know, long title reigns in general. There are some exceptions for me. Like I loved when Charlotte and Sasha played hot potato with the title a few years ago, just because I thought that was one of the hottest angles there was because they were so evenly matched but by and large like yeah for for instance the raw tag team titles are an afterthought and nobody has held them longer than like 80 85 days since the new day's reign their historic reign nobody has held those titles three months so that's why they were such an afterthought now they're finally getting a little bit of shine but i i agree with you you have to make them matter and make them important Eloquent says, why do Viking Raiders still do squashes with the belts? Uh, so I, I heard they're trying to like stack accolades for these guys, uh, and that's from another talent in the company. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about there. We'll skip ahead a little bit. I thought this was kind of funny because th- this was just to kind of put them over before the Thursday match. So to answer Eloquent's question, this was just to get them a little bit more popular in St. Louis because they bring up the the uh, Rizzo and Bryant, Chris Bryant stuff, because the Cubs are hated in St. Louis. And that's the top rivalry in the NL Central. So you go there. The Viking Raiders destroy these guys. It is what it was. It was, it was just to get some pops for the baby faces. I thought it was lame. I hated it. I really? thought it was too silly. Yeah, when I saw it, I was like, oh, God, no. Please don't tell me this is what we're doing with them. So when I just saw them come out and they're in their little baseball gear, I was like, oh, like, I get it. I get the sports thing, whatever. But 
you know, other than that, I just don't care. And like, if you're a person that, you know, is either a not into sports or maybe not into that city or not into that rivalry, you just, you lose interest. So I kind of felt like for me, that was like, okay, that would have been fine and dandy, you know, for, you know, dark match for the crowd or whatever. But for a TV audience, I could have done without it, you know? They could have done that on like a main event or something like that too. Yeah. But, uh, I personally, I thought it was harmless because it was short and it was a way for them to say, hey, these guys are going to be in the, uh, the gauntlet match. By the way, guys, we will make Sands of Time predictions later on. Uh, but up next, we had R-Truth taking on Buddy Murphy. R-Truth says that Buddy Murphy is not his buddy. Also, he got glasses so he can see the Singh brothers better. Uh, Murphy starts out strong. Truth regains some steam. He misses an axe kick, eats a combo. But then the 24-7 dorks start running around the ring. Didn't see EC3 out there. That was kind of interesting. Truth gets distracted and pinned after a knee. Like, I, I thought it was harmless, but I'm like, did Murphy need that? Like, did he need... Uh, the distraction? Yeah, I I feel like maybe it's me nitpicking. Like, it, it could have been a lot worse, but hey, it could have been a lot better, too. What do you think? For me, this was just there. You know, I went into this, you know, just thinking, okay, they're going to have a nice match. These are both two good competitors. We're going to keep this ball rolling. And, you know, it was fine for what it was. And then when they had the run in, it was like, oh, no, this is going to turn into something else. It could turn into something for the bout. Um, but then I did like the finish where it's like, okay, he he got him, you know, when he wasn't paying attention and, you know, all of that. So for me, it was just there. It didn't do anything for me for, for anybody. Frank Aguilera says, was Raw worth watching this week, or do I YouTube it? Eh. I would say YouTube it. I would say YouTube it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate to tell you. I hate to tell you. Aaron Jay's fan says, the Yeti to return at Crown Jewel. The Yeti, I think, is returning at StarCast in like a week and a half. I think Conrad may have gotten the Yeti to do StarCast legitimately. Astros Jay says, Charlotte, shortest of seven reigns. Uh... I, I'm not sure exactly what he's saying. He says, Charlotte, shortest seven reigns, 177 days. Becky, 204. Crazy. I I don't know what you're saying there. Yeah, clarify it a little bit, and I'll, I'll spit it Is off. Is he trying to say that maybe because Charlotte's reigns weren't that long, that maybe that's why they weren't as meaningful? Because there was somewhere she was like, what is she now, 10 time? Yeah. So maybe some of them, because they were so fast, they don't really count. Well, not that they don't count, but you get me. Like, maybe, yeah, I yeah. don't know. I think that's what he's saying. Alonzo Smith says, SRS, are you going to talk about the Jordan Miles controversy? I don't feel like I'm qualified to. Uh, we'll tackle it on the Wednesday show no matter what. But I, I've asked some other people to write op-eds and do videos for it that uh, have a little more reason to speak about it than, than I do. Uh, Hannah Moore says, St. Louis crowd usually sucks. I was there for the Daniel Bryan heel turn and a dead crowd. There for the go-home Raw before the first Saudi show. Brock and Ronda both. Ronda just debuted a month before and Nana. That's disappointing because you would figure a crowd like St. Louis would be hot. And the hottest they got all night was for Orton. But I would figure they'd be a hot crowd. But you know what? St. Louis has really shitty people, Denise. So <laughs> I've never been to St. Louis. Me either. What if we have viewers from St. Louis? That's kind of sad. We we do have viewers from St. Louis. That's what I'm saying. Oh, That's we we sad. have we have lots of them. We have hundreds of viewers from St. Louis. But I'm a Reds fan, and I'm a bitter Reds fan. So tough. Sorry, St. Louis, a city probably full of children, terrible children. That's why it, why it's so terrible. We get an, <laughs> we get another AOP promo. I just so get the feeling they're waiting until this gauntlet gimmick is done and. Either they'll debut there as, like, the last team, or they'll debut there or re-debut there and run through people, or they'll start wrestling next week. But I think last week you said, hey, kind of ready to see these guys wrestle now. Yeah, I'm super ready. When I like, I hate to say this, but when they came out and they did their spiel, it took me a second because I was watching on my phone and I was working on my laptop, and it took me a second to like glance over and be like, "Oh wait, I gotta hear what they're saying because they're speaking in a different language. So I gotta read the captions." And so I just kind of felt like, "Okay, I'm just not interested anymore. I'm done." Speaking <laughs> I'm ready of, ready for the next thing. I want your take. You you speak Spanish, obviously. What? How good is Cain Velasquez? How good is his Spanish? I think it's fine. Okay, 
Because like fine. W or I know UFC had him work on it a bit. But yeah, because like, w- he didn't speak Spanish like as a uh, right away, right? I mean, yeah. it's fine for what he's saying. Like he's not going out there and having. See, here's the thing about Spanish is that you know there's there's Spanish mm-hmm. that you know it's professional and you speak it and you know all of that, and then there's Spanish that's you know conversational and conversational Spanish. I feel is like easier to learn, especially if you're not saying like so many words at a time. But if you go out there and you and if you were to tell him like full on like go and do like this you know really long really in-depth thing i don't know how he would be on that to yeah. be honest because i haven't seen but i'm just saying like i think it's a little bit different like what you're what you're saying and what you're doing how do you feel like his his promos and what he was saying translated to well that? i felt like the first 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 smackdown the promo that he cut on smackdown that one i didn't think about like what and for that one, I mainly just thought about how there was the lack of connection with the audience. That's how I felt. That was the main thing that came across in my mind um, when I was watching that. And that was pretty much just what I thought. I just okay. kind of felt like there was a disconnection there, like not really feeling. Because there was I, – I forgot exactly what he was saying, but, you know, he's pissed. Oh, yeah, he's saying that – he was, you know, upset at Brock Lesnar and he's telling he's speaking to Brock Lesnar in Spanish and then at the end he just does this like rawr thing. That drove me crazy because I was like, okay, you're mad at somebody, you know, you say your feelings, you don't roar afterwards. I thought that was the issue personally for me, but in terms of his Spanish, I think it's fine. To hammer home the roar point when like I think it was Ivar does that during all of his matches. He like screams for like ten seconds, but it's always to a quiet crowd. And I'm like, ah, has less impact. It's just it's awkward, you know. Yeah. It's not natural. It's like you finish. Let's say you knock out a guy, and you're like, yeah, okay, that's natural. Yeah. That other was just oh, that annoyed me so much. Yeah. Street Profits come out, and I'll say this, they they at least have the crowd behind them, but this is such a lazy promo, and they do it so much. They did it with Sasha Banks forever. Because I'm Sasha Banks, and I'm the boss. Because I'm Naomi, and you'll feel the glow. Because this, and then you say the catchphrase. Because I'm this person, then you say the catchphrase. Ugh. I... Hate this. Imagine if Nate Diaz did this. Imagine if Conor McGregor did this. Imagine if Masvidal did this. Or John Jones. Or Daniel Cormier. Or anybody that sell- – Brock Lesnar didn't do this in the UFC when he was selling millions of pay-per-views. He cut great promos there. These guys are so much better than this. I wanted to cry. <laughs> I mean, I, to be honest, I think I'm just used to it. It's like, okay, they're just going to say what they say. And I just feel like either way, like they had the fans, you know, the fans were seem to be excited. They have the cool vibe, especially with what they're doing with the OC. Like, it, I think it's interesting and it's getting them over. Demon Diva does bring up a good point. She goes, like, you don't end every tweet with, and I'm really tall. That is a very good point. Uh, fair, but I've been covering WWE so long that the, the habit just kind of rubbed off on me. <sighs> we have another super chat. It says, Orton, hometown boy in St. Louis. Oh, he says, Orton, hometown boy, St. Louis sucks. Charlotte and her shortest reigns add together. Oh, okay, now I get it. PCB reunites at TLC, wins the titles after Rollins and Ambrose-like reunion. I doubt it. I really, really doubt it. Eloquent says the crowd was hot for that RKO. Yeah, they were. Let's get to it. Uh, Flair and Hogan are about out in the ring, and I guess we're running this one back. All right, then. Uh, Ricochet hits a dive, sells his ribs really well. We go through uh, Drew's signature spots, and these guys seem to have very, very good chemistry. Uh, Ricochet, to me, as far as guys who take back body drops, up there with AJ Styles. They look like they're going to die every time. I love that Drew did the Hogan leg drop and then rolled out and got in Hogan's face. That was clever. I'm a big fan of the crucifix buckle bomb he's doing, like the razor's edge into the buckles. It's just really good. And one of my least favorite spots in the world is that dumbass Alberto Del Rio stomp spot in the corner where people have to hang up there. When Drew McIntyre did it, he pretended like he was going to hang there, then catches Ricochet, Throws him off. So awesome. 
Then after Ricochet misses a 6.30, Randy Orton hits one of the filthiest goddamn RKO's I've ever seen! (laughs) Is he dead? Is Ricochet dead, Denise? (laughs) So, okay. What? Is he dead? You know what this reminded me of? Have you seen those, like, I don't know, meme compilations or video compilations of Randy Orton just coming in and doing all these RKO's? Okay, that's exactly what this reminded me of, where it's just like, he comes in, he does a clean RKO, it's like, looks so grand and perfect, and just every... I think... It wasn't expected, and that was the best part. Like, I don't think people at home expected it. The audience didn't expect it. And then it came out so perfectly. So that was really awesome. And right away, I just thought of those compilations. Um, but in terms of the match itself, you know, I said last week that I I love these two guys working together. But one of the things that I did want to point out, and you said this already, but I'll just kind of say it again, is that so Drew McIntyre, you know, he was, you know, really showed off these power moves and was really just like, you know, like doing everything that he can to like bring down Ricochet. But Ricochet was just bumping like crazy. And the first person I thought of right away was AJ Styles. And you said that. And I was like, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, their chemistry is just so perfect. Like those two guys, like I think they just work so well and they understand what they're doing in the ring so well with each other and what they want, the, what they want to get out of it for each guy. And I think they're they're doing just that. And so I can see them every week. Tank Bearclaw says Ricochet landed like he was channeling Kota Ibushi. It was amazing. <laughs> and the thing is, Denise, like if we're talking about this show five, six years ago, that bump doesn't happen. They don't let somebody take a bump like that. Now they do, and you could see how much it pumped up Randy Orton. You could tell how much it pumped up Randy Orton. By the way, guys, over on FightfulSelect.com, our premium service, I have some news on Randy Orton. And I'm going to have a bunch more this week. I'm getting a lot of Randy Orton stories as I'm talking to people backstage. Uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, causing some waves backstage, but he caused some waves here. Even though the main event segment was memorable for a lot of reasons, when I think back to this Raw, I'll remember this RKO. That RKO was just gross in a good way. Gross! I loved it. Made an impression. Couldn't believe that Ricochet lived. Hats off to him. Uh, We have Andrade with Zelina, but Sin Cara is getting a rematch. Now, I could do without them doing like so many rematches on each show, but... This was a way to, I think they called, it's Catalina, but I think they called her Carolina, I believe. 19 years old. Wow. Yeah, like, I don't want to say completely bypassed NXT because she had three matches there over the last, I think a couple weeks ago. But you want to talk about instilling some confidence into somebody, that's 19. 19 years old, three matches on NXT like that's incredible so I haven't been able to see any of her work so I don't really know how she is you know inside the ring this was my first impression of her and I went and I saw her photo and I was just like man she is so cute and so young and but I didn't realize exactly how young yeah. she was until you just said it right now and I'm just thinking man that's awesome because, you know, if she's, you know, starting already at this point, you know, what can that trajectory be like for her? So I just think it's cool. It's something new to see. And I did like how she sort of, you know, Zelina was kind of like, ugh, you know, about it. Yeah. And that sort of the confrontation that they had with each other was pretty nice. I see very much a Lita S.A. Rios vibe between these two where Lita would end up outshining S.A. Rios, even though S.A. Rios, an amazing wrestler, outstanding wrestler. But And Sin Cara is too. He's still got it. He did that tornado body press, that head scissors driver, took a backbreaker. It was amazing. But the focus was on Catalina, now named Carolina, and with good reason. And they've got to have some sort of confidence in this girl to, to do that because it doesn't happen often. I think – and hey, to be fair, the last two I remember coming up that early are, I think, Kelly Kelly and Renee Dupree. And that didn't – didn't, yeah, didn't end up great for Rene Dupree. Probably got called up way too early. If Rene Dupree had an NXT, I think he would have been really good. If Kelly Kelly would have had an NXT, she probably wouldn't have been up at 19. She probably would have been up probably 
three, four years in. It would have been much like an Aaliyah situation that we're seeing now. But it was such a different time period, it though. Was. I don't think that's what they wanted from Kelly Kelly at that time. She that's, had what they wanted already. That's, that's <laughs> a very, very good point. That is a, a very good point. Uh, Catalina powerbomb swings Zelina into the barricade, and that causes a distraction. And Andrade rolls up Sin Cara to use the ropes to win. So I, I kind of like the way this unfolded because Andrade has to win. You cannot have him losing. He is special. He is a unicorn. He is very good. Uh, but it also put Catalina over a little bit, and Zelina sold like crazy for her. I like all four of these, but... This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming... And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The right person won, and the right person on the outside of the ring got the shine. What did you think? Yeah, I thought the match itself was just not really anything special. It was just there. Um, but in terms of everything that they did outside the match, I was really interested in. And it's funny because when you say, like, oh, that she sort of has that, like, uh, Lita S.A. Rios vibes, and it's kind of where you want to see what that person is doing. So you want to focus on her. It's kind of like when they had Lana and Rusev together and you were interested, like, oh, I want to see what Lana's doing. You know, I want yeah. to see what she's doing on the outside. Put the camera on her, you know, <laughs> as well. So I think that's sort of what, you know, maybe that's what she's going to be bringing as well. And I just think that I'm, I hope that we see some really impressive stuff out of her because I feel like that will just elevate her more and elevate, you know, everything that they're doing together with, you know, with, with Zelina and everything. And hopefully maybe that could even spiral into its own thing. And, you know, I just feel like there's so many different ways that you can go with it if all goes well. Reminder, guys, leave a thumbs up, subscribe to our channel, check out FightfulWrestling.com for all of your wrestling news. We will have uh, Crown Jewel coverage on Thursday, and I'll do a post-show if there's enough time for me to do it before these uh, dumbass kids come and trick-or-treat, then I'll do it then. If I have to do it later in the night, I will. And if you want to write like angry letters to all the kids in my neighborhood, I, that, that's fine. I'm fine with that. So check that out. But check out FightfulSelect.com. Every other week I do a Q&A there. You can ask as many questions as you want, really about anything. Uh, I also do the Backstage Report podcast. Today I have news on CM Punk, Fox, Randy Orton, a lot of impact notes, uh, good stuff like that. Alex Palowski, if you miss him on Raw and SmackDown, he does his uh, complete, hour-long, totally negative reviews, sour graps on Fightful Select. And then we have the Weekender podcast as well. We also do retro reviews, dark match commentary, lots of neat stuff. Go check it out, my friends. Denise, do we know why Natalia and Charlotte are tagging? No, I thought I missed something. But hey, it was what did we was it last week or the week before that where all of a sudden her and Lacey Evans were friends? So hey, it is what it is. I, I was more okay with that because at least Natalia was like, "This woman took me to my limit. I have a mutual respect with her." I would love some sort of explanation with this. Like maybe Natalia says, "Okay, you know what." I was one of the first people that Charlotte stood out against in NXT, yada, yada. I've got some respect for her. We weren't doing anything. I want to I capture these tag team championships. Also, what I definitely wouldn't hate is if Natalia went through a carousel of tag team partners until Beth Phoenix came back, just for like six months. Just for like six months is all I want. And they did Divas of Doom again. But they beat the Iconics, who have not been on TV in a while. Uh, I, it was took me a little bit to get used to, like, it, Peyton looks different because of her hair and stuff. That's good. Switch it up. A lot of people could take that advice. I've been looking at Seth Rollins in, like, the same-looking gear forever, but Vince won't let him wear the white gear. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. What's going on with that? Somebody asked him at a Comic-Con thing, like, at a meet-and-greet, and he's like, yeah, Vince is old and doesn't understand it because he's, he's an old, crazy man, and he doesn't get it. And he was had, it at that thing he did with Becky in Texas or something? I, I don't know. No? He, he wore that white Power Ranger gear forever ago. And it like they he gave the gear to like the WWE archivist. And like he doesn't even have it anymore. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it would be nice to switch it up. But I, hey. 
I liked the era of when everybody wore like different colors and stuff. Like you had Mr. Perfect in like blue and yellow and earthquake and typhoon. And then I, I, I like the colorful era, but uh, I thought that Billy and Peyton are much improved in the ring since their time off. They looked like they could have used that refresher. Natalia applies a sharpshooter on Billy. Charlotte hits a spear on Peyton. We get a submission win. Any any thoughts on this one? What's the fast one, I think? Like, it was really, for me, I just think that I was focused on the whole Charlotte-Natalia thing. And then I was like, okay, before I knew it, the match was over. And so, for me, it was just kind of there. But it's funny that you mentioned that the Iconics were, you know, getting better. Because I actually noticed that, like, before they left, that they had already had this vast improvement, you know, since, you know, when they first came on to where they were after, uh, you know, sometime before WrestleMania. And so, to sort of say that they had that other improvement, again, is, is pretty cool. Falls count anywhere. I like that Rollins, before this match, acknowledged that Rowan was a member of the Wyatt family. That was good. They brawled all over the place. I thought this was a lot of fun. They went up to the concourse. Rowan put Rollins through a table. For I think it was for a two count. We come back from a commercial. They're back in the ring. I thought some of the offense here was softballed in. Like The, the suicide dives took forever, and the, the stair shots were like, and I was like, "Ah, oh, come on. You can do better than that. <laughs> but Rowan powerbombed Rollins into the ring post. They go up the ramp. Rollins stomps Rowan on a ladder backstage and then makes Rowan or makes a guy crush Rowan with a forklift and pins him. The most shocking thing about this is the forklift has turned on Eric Rowan. He did all that work to try to kill Roman Reigns with a forklift. And nothing, no, no loyalty from the forklift or forklift operators. Sometimes it's your own people. No, you can never. He, Rowan doesn't have anybody watching his back anywhere. Such a shame. Your thoughts. Honestly, I like the part where they were out on the concourse and they were doing, you know, they, they, he put them through, uh, through the table. Then they had all the merch falling. That was kind of fun to see, you know, and I think it's always fun for the audience and, you know, little kids and mark out when they see that type of stuff. Uh, the in-ring stuff was pretty good, but I did, I did kind of feel like the ending was kind of just there. I was like, but okay, it's just, you know, it's just a raw match. It was kind of put together, you know, really out of the blue. So. I was expecting a little bit more for the finish, especially when they went back there and they had the forklift thing. I started thinking, oh, well, what are they going to do with the forklift? And then when it was just kind of like, like kind of like squishing him, it was, okay, there you go. That's, that's cute. That was it. Somebody says, or it was just Elizabeth says, between Friday and today, which crowd was better? Well, I can't remember really anything from that Friday crowd. So I'm going to say tonight just because of the Orton spot. But what do you think? I'm going to say maybe the Raw crowd because when I, I didn't think SmackDown was very good last week. I, I thought there was a lot missing from the show. And it was, it was, I even thought to myself, man, Raw last week was Raw, not this Raw, but the last Raw was better than this SmackDown, which was kind of surprising to me. But then I figured, okay, well, they're on FS1, so maybe they're not going to be putting all their eggs into this basket for the show, you know, so. Yeah, I, I thought the, the Rollins and Rowan segment was effective. In establishing, hey, they can go anywhere, and we don't—I don't think we've ever seen like a backstage situation in Saudi Arabia. Like we've never really seen that, so that could be something new. Uh, Eloquent says thoughts on the SmackDown FS1 rating this week. Whoo boy, eight hundred eighty-eight thousand. AEW beat them. Wow, that—that uh, that is a, a just flat-out disheartening number and. It was going to get killed anyway. It wasn't on Fox, and it went up against the World Series, and NBA is back. That's rough. Denise, your thoughts? I just, you know what? Okay, so obviously I'm a big wrestling fan. You know that. Um, But I keep forgetting every Friday that it's time to watch SmackDown. I don't know if that's happened to people, but I will literally be working, and then I'll look at the clock, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's almost 5. SmackDown's about to start. And then I think to myself, oh, yeah, it's Friday. I still haven't gotten used to the date change, to be honest. So that's been my issue. So I start thinking to myself, if I'm forgetting that SmackDown is about to start right now, then there's probably other people that maybe, you know, are casual watchers that, you know, can forget as well. And so I don't know if that's like – you know, a factor in that, 
but again, it goes along with everything that's been going that everything else that's going on on television at the same time. And then, you know, also the I think maybe people didn't expect much to happen considering that it wasn't on Fox this week. So maybe people also expected for it not to be you know as hot of a show. Maybe True. not for them to do all this stuff. So I don't know why that number was so low. But when I saw that on Twitter. I just thought to myself, oh, no, that is not good at all. I thought that so, – I thought when Jeremy – Jeremy Lambert, one of our great writers who, quite frankly, helps me run Fightful as things stand right now in the news end, I thought he left like a one off of it. I thought he left like the one comma. I was like, oh, 1.8 million. Uh, that's a bummer. But I was like, "What eight hundred thousand? He's like, "Oh yeah, uh, eight hundred eighty-eight thousand. Don't want to, don't want to discount them eight thousand. Who boy? Yeah, uh, shout out to Jeremy Lambert. Give him a follow at Jeremy Lambert eighty-eight. Oh man, somebody. You know what I will say? This is totally side note, by the way. But I just thought about it right now. So I don't know about you, but you have you like throughout the years? Have you ever been like at a nice restaurant? And you look up at the one TV that they have, and they're showing pro wrestling on TV. That doesn't happen very often, yeah. right? So I was at this like fancy restaurant in Manhattan Beach on, I think it was what Wednesday, and I, I was working, and I look up, and they have one TV, and the one TV that they had on, they were showing AEW. Oh, wow. And I just thought to myself, what in the world? I was like, this is like a restaurant that's fancy and they're showing AEW and not WWE right now. I just thought that was insane. Like for me as a fan, never having seen that was very interesting. So I don't know. I just thought about that right now, thinking about Fridays. I think the only time I've even seen it on at a restaurant, me and my friends would go in college. We would go to the Mexican restaurant and watch Lucha Libre on Saturdays because we didn't have any other way that we could watch it. So we'd go there and eat and watch it. But here, it, like, lo- even in Kentucky, where you would assume Southern and wrestling and all that stuff, and it goes hand in hand, never see it here. Never. It's it's so wild. Uh, there is a brewery that said that if I come host an event, they'll run, they'll show wrestling there. And I was like, okay, we'll do that. I like them. But we, we don't get any of that love for pro wrestling out here. <laughs> what a shame. What a shame. Tank Bearclaw says, Good to see heavy machinery used in the match. Very clever. Very clever. Otis and Tucker, yeah. Very clever. We see AJ Styles defeating Humberto Carrillo. OC say that Carrillo should have made his debut against Styles last week instead. And you know what? I I criticized Carrillo a lot for that, that pay-per-view cruiserweight title match he had. I didn't think he was good in it. I thought he was flat-out bad. That has changed in the last two weeks, seeing him. He has stepped up his game. This guy has beautiful offense, but I want your thoughts on on how this all unfolded because even though he's looked good, he's 0-2. Yeah, but hey, he's 0-2 against Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm going to come up to make my big debut on, you know, Monday Night Raw and I have two I have two consecutive weeks where I'm a main part of the show and I'm going up against Seth Rollins and AJ Styles I call that a win so for me I just feel that I really like what they're doing with him in terms of they're putting him up, putting him putting him up against guys that you know if you're you're if you're a fan and you're watching and you know you're thinking, oh, who's who am I going to get behind of? And you start seeing this kid who's coming up, and you know he's making the he's making the rounds, and he's trying to make an impression. And you see him have matches against Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. You know, as a fan, you're gonna want to cheer for that. You know, you're gonna want to see someone new, someone new that someone new and fresh you haven't seen before, and that they're making a big deal out of. To me, them him having matches with both those guys is being made a big deal of because you don't really see that that often. And, you know, he looks cool and he does cool moves. So I feel that that is an attraction that's going to capture, you know, fans and they're going to want to see him more. So to me, like, this is a win for Umberto. Like, good for him. They like him from what I can tell, from what I'm seeing on TV. So I feel like that's all you can ask for. And, like, just, like, you know, really get the ball rolling and do your thing out there. So, hey, good for him. Do you got some hang time on some of his offense? Uh, the only part I didn't like, the Aztec press, I think needs a lot of refining. But even his moonsault that was a little bit off still looked good. AJ's reverse DDT. Who boy, that was a good one. 
a good one. He taps out Humberto, and AJ fakes shaking his hand, gets punched in the face. The Street Profits make the save. You could do a lot worse than setting up a six-man with this, but I get the feeling it's going to end with Carrillo pinning Gallows or Anderson. Like I said, that's fine. It's fair. It makes sense. Street Profits have had an issue with the OC. Uh, so does uh, Carrillo now. I like it. It's fine. It was effective. They're 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 kind of easing him in. Well, they also need to build like young stars, like young new people, and we don't really see that that often. And I feel like we're finally getting that with him at least so far these last two weeks. You know, that's not a big time frame, but also the fact that there's that now he's sort of meshing in with the street profits, and the street profits have been getting over as well with the fans. So I feel that that collaboration is cool, you know, and I think fans want to see that. It's time, Denise. The main event. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot. Oh, we haven't even got into this part of the show. Oh man. <laughs> oh, the reminder. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll let you start. So it's the King's Court because Lawler's got to be there. Lana comes out and she goes, Hey, listen, guys. Rusev just wanted to have sex with me. And Rusev says, can you blame me? And Lana says, he wants to have sex everywhere, all the time. The crowd erupts. The crowd erupts. Just going crazy. Because Lana confirms what we've all suspected, Denise. That Rusev's keeping a good, hard penis. Thanks to BlueChew.com code Fightful. You know what's up, guys. You know that Rusev's taking that blue chew and he's staying ready. He's staying ready. Doesn't matter where he is. Maybe he's at goodies shopping for clearance polo shirts because they're all going out of business. Maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe he's at uh, getting frozen yogurt and he's, he, I don't even want to speculate or make any puns there. But the thing is, he's got to keep his penis real hard. He He calls it the accolade, if you know what I'm saying. And he gets that accolade going. Thanks to BlueChew.com code Fightful. It's the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works because Rusev's just throwing it. Just slagging it. Doesn't even care, man. And he didn't have to go to the doctor to get it. Prescribed online, shipped straight to his door. Discreet packaging. You didn't know about this till Lana told you about it. Because it's discreet. Also, even though he's making that big WWE money, and so is Lana, he gets it for free. Using that code Fightful, just pay $5 shipping. Mailman's got to make his money. We know all about the mailman and his habits, so got to pay for those. BlueChew.com, code Fightful. If you're a sex addict, this is a fantastic deal. Even if you're not, maybe you'll become one. It could be a lot worse. You could be addicted to a lot worse things. Come on. Come on, guys. Let's fucking go. So she says that Rosev wanted to knock her up. And it was at this point, Denise, I said, I'm with Lana. <laughs> no kids. I'm with Lana, too. She didn't want stretch marks. She didn't want to ruin her modeling career. I'm with you, Lana. I'm with you. And then she says, Rusev, you cheated on me because Bobby Lashley told me. (laughs) And why would she care what Bobby Lashley says at that point, though? That's what part made no sense to me. Oh, man, this is great. And Rusev goes, he's talking shit. And they censored it. I kid. Is that what they censored? I was like, wait, what did he say? I didn't catch that part. I was like, yeah, I didn't catch that part. I was like, what did they block? Did I not hear that? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Uh, I'm all in on this now. They did it. It's so ridiculous that I can't help but to enjoy it. Lashley comes in, gets his ass kicked real proper. And then Rusev, like, feeds him the wedding ring. That was a nice touch. Yeah. Lana tries to attack Rusev with the kendo stick, but then Lashley hits Rusev right in the kendo stick. Lashley and Lana make out to end the show. Denise, there is a lot to break down here. Oh, boy. 
Okay, so first of all, Lana definitely had... Okay, so when I first saw that they were doing this, and then when I realized it was the main event, I was like, you're kidding me, right? Like, this is the main event here like this is what we're closing the show with and I just thought to myself that's that's very ridiculous and then um you know she comes out she starts saying how you know she 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 that he wanted to have sex everywhere and I just thought to myself I cannot believe how many times I'm hearing this word over and over right now and it was just so funny and then when the crowd erupted because they just thought that that was super awesome at Rusev I just thought it was hilarious I was like I love how the crowd is like yeah like Rusev's a man like he should want to get it from Lana all the time like look at her and so I thought that aspect was hilarious and then the part where she said that he cheated on her I thought to myself okay well now this is not making any sense anymore because why would she this just doesn't make any sense so okay he cheats on you why are you still with him like you guys should have been divorced technically so there was just a bunch of questions and then when she said Bobby Lashley said I thought I kind of wish that they would have had a different reasoning, like, oh, I saw you, or, or, oh, don't act like I don't know about her. The part where she said, oh, Bobby Lashley said, I didn't like that aspect of it, because I thought, okay, they could have made it a little juicier, you know? That was so but, lame. That's such, like, a yeah. middle school thing, like. Yes. It was a lot of just no. And then the part where he shoves the ring inside Bobby Lashley's mouth, I just thought, okay, that's a win right there. And before I knew it, I was into it. And I just thought this is – I couldn't decide if it was so bad that it was good or if it was actually good. I, I still don't know right now. I don't yeah. know how to feel about that. Like was it really bad that it was good or was it genuinely good or have I my like ex- have my it's, expectations just gone really like, down? Yeah, here's the thing. Like if this segment did not happen and they never talked about it again. Okay, cool. But it's like it's it's hit that rare and it's rare territory. I watch the Katie Vick stuff now, and because I here's the thing. Because I don't have to worry about dealing with it the next week on a review, I can laugh at it. But it's so bad. It's so bad. That was raw, guys. Oh, boy. Uh, Eloquent says, are you a fan of NWA Power? I love NWA Power. Um, I think it is simple, effective pro wrestling. Have you checked out any of it yet? Not yet. It, it is worth a view. It is as advertised. It's very good stuff. But it's Thursday. Here we go. As we call it, Sands of Time. But it's Crown Jewel. We're going to make our predictions. Mansoor versus Cesaro, this is the biggest slam dunk of them all. Mansoor's winning this match, Denise. He has to. Can you imagine that pop? For sure, 100%. Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury. I am predicting a double KO finish here. I think that's the way it should work. I don't want to see Tyson Fury beating Braun Strowman. Also, I think Tyson Fury is likely to come back in the future. And I think that Tyson Fury, as much of a a raging asshole that he is and a deplorable human, I think he's smart enough to realize there's money in doing this again down the line. But what do you think? I think I'll just, I'll just, I like your idea, but just to be different, I'll just go with Braun Strowman because I just, he has to win. Like he's there with the company, you know, they've been pushing him all this time. Why have it go to waste? So, hey, Braun Strowman. I wish I had that confidence in this company. Uh, tag team turmoil to determine the World Cup winner and the best tag team in the world. The New Day, the Viking Raiders, Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, The Revival, The OC, Ziggler and Rude, and The B Team. Any of those jump off the page to you? Ah, it could go either way. It could go some random way, so I'll just go with The Viking Raiders. Although it'd be fun if the Lucha House Party won. <laughs> I would be shocked if I would be shocked if the Viking Raiders didn't win. I think they're trying to stack up the accolades. IWGP, Ring of Honor, NXT, WWE, and greatest tag team in the world. Oh, this crew of people. 20-man battle royal for the shot at the United States Championship. Our truth Buddy Murphy, Sunil Singh, Mojo Rawley, Eric Rowan. 
Sinkara, Brian Kendrick, Tony Nice, Akira Tozawa, Shelton Benjamin, Andrade, Apollo Cruz, Drake Maverick, Eric Young, Luke Harper, No Way Jose, Humberto Carrillo, Cedric Alexander, and Heath Slater. The way things are going, I would think it'd be Carrillo. But if they wanted to give somebody, the, uh, Saudi Arabia, somebody they know a little bit more, maybe uh, R-Truth? Ah, who do you see winning I was gonna this? Say, I was going to say Buddy Murphy or, or Umberto. Cool. That'd be cool. I don't just because I feel like they've been saying a lot of good stuff about Buddy Murphy and they've been kind of going there with him, this would be something, you know. But if not, maybe Carrillo. Now, what do you Just think about the title match that follows it? Because AJ defends against one of those guys. Oh, I see now that changes things. Yeah, because immediately ah, afterwards, feel, uh, AJ, well, not immediately afterwards, but later in the show, yeah, AJ yeah, defends yeah. the title. I mean, I just feel like no matter what, AJ's going to come out on top. So I just feel like because they're already doing so much good. With, like, they're already doing so much big stuff on this particular card sure. that I don't think they're necessarily going to want to make, like, a big, big moment with AJ Styles and whoever wins this match. So I have a feeling that no matter what, it's still going to be AJ that wins. So either way, I guess whoever wins, it's just not going to be, like, an OMG thing, you know? A notable, no EC3 on this show, no Matt Hardy. Those guys haven't been on TV lately, have been... Uh, I mean, those are a couple of the guys that are pretty outspoken when they're not used at all. So I think that's that's pretty interesting. A couple of guys that aren't on this show, I'll kind of sniff out who else isn't on this show uh, as the date gets closer. But we have Seth Rollins defending against The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, Universal title, falls count anywhere, can't be stopped for any reason. Well, beside the pinfall, I assume. Do you think The Fiend gets it done or do they keep it on Seth Rollins? I don't know. Does it even matter at this point? I'm just going to go with The Fiend because The Fiend deserves some justice. I think it's got to be The Fiend. Oh, man. Unless they do, unless they pull a trigger on a double turn that I heard was originally in the cards, somehow The Fiend's got to win. Or they might, or they got to have a real good creative way to get out of this. I, I just don't know how. Well, I could think like maybe if, you know, The Fiend kind of has those contradiction parts of his personality where maybe he's about to do something really bad, but maybe the fire, the, the you know, the, the non-Fiend him, Bray Wyatt him, comes out and maybe he has that conflicting character issue. That would be something, but no, I would, he has to win. Brock Lesnar defends the WWE Championship against Kane Velazquez. Based on what I've seen of Kane last week, I would find it hard that they would put the title on him. If they do, that gives them a little bit more flexibility as it pertains to titles on whatever brand because Kane has not declared a brand yet. So Kane could be on Raw or he could be on SmackDown. So if The Fiend wins, takes the Universal title to SmackDown, Kane could win the title, take it to Raw. But I don't know if WWE has the confidence in him to carry a program with anybody since he's got Ray cutting his promos for him. Also, Ray's on SmackDown. Supposed to be anyway, I believe, right? I think he's supposed to be. I, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that being said, who are you predicting? Well, it's funny because, like, if the bout wasn't on, on the line or anything, I would say Kane. But when yeah. you bring up all those good points, you're just, like, thinking to yourself, well, you know, how is that going to work in terms of, you know, putting him in a program with somebody else? But when I think about it as, hey, we want to make headlines – and we want to get people to watch our product, then I'm going to make headlines by making Cain Velasquez a champion in Saudi Arabia. Which, yeah. I mean, if you see that headline, you're going to be like, oh, that's interesting, you know? Uh, so I just, I think it depends on which way they, they want to go about things. Yeah, I think that the result of Rollins and The Fiend, whichever whichever title match... Okay, if Kane and Lesnar happens first, I think it'll give away the result of Rollins and Wyatt, unless they do some weird shit. And uh, I, I just don't think there needs to be any cross pollination in the brands. But uh, Team Hogan versus Team Flair. Team Hogan has Rusev, Ricochet, Shorty G, Ali, and Roman Reigns, and Team Flair has Randy Orton, Baron Corbin, Nakamura, Lashley, and McIntyre. 
They keep together that team of Corbin, Lashley, and McIntyre. That stable will never die. But you have all baby faces on one side, all heels on the other side. This is so totally a baby face setup win. So all of them can go in there and pose with Hulk Hogan. Very clear that they're doing that. But uh, who do you think's winning this? Yeah, I would probably have to go with the same thing on that because I'm just trying to see it any other way. But I'll just go with Hogan, Team Hogan. That's Crown Jewel, guys. Oh, boy. We'll have full results and stories. Uh, big thanks to our news team, Carlos Toro, Robert Felice, Jeremy Lambert. Allowed me a couple days off. Appreciate you guys for uh, kind of covering for me in that regard. Uh, they handle most of the news cycle now anyway. I'm doing a lot of other different duties on the site, but... Still, big thanks to them. They always do awesome. And so do you guys. Remember, subscribe to Fightful Select. Leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. Check out Denise at InstinctCulture.com. She is all over the place. Show us a little bit of love, guys. Until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.